Well, good morning, Celebration Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing well? Good. Let's all stand up wherever you're at. Guys in Stevens Point, Appleton, here in Green Bay, if you're online, get up off your couch. Join with us. Let's all say this together. This is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's all say this. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, great to be with you here this morning. If we haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Bob. I'm one of the pastors here at Celebration Church, Pastor Mark Gunger. He is out doing a marriage event actually tonight. So he's traveling. I believe he's in New Jersey or something like that. So he's out traveling. And I'm honored to have the opportunity to share with you here this morning. And today, I wanted to dedicate this message to anybody that's got just a little bit of stress in their lives. If you've got some stress in your life, in Stevens Point, in Appleton, here in Green Bay, wherever you're at, could you just raise your hand if you got some stress in your life? Some of you, you got both hands up, right? Some of you are pointing at that guy sitting next to you saying, yeah, I got some stress in my life. It's my husband. My wife's got some stress in her life. It's me, I'm sure. Uh, a few months ago, uh, I had the opportunity with one of our life groups, it's called MOPS. We have different life groups at the church. Uh, these are just small groups of people that get together during the week. Uh, some of them meet at the church, a lot of them meet in homes, and uh, we're just kicking off our fall semester. They do anything from Bible studies to bike riding to basketball, whatever it is. And the, the idea is that you do life with other people. And uh, this isn't even in the message, but if you're stressed out, don't do life alone. Connect with others. So uh, just a side note. But this group called MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers, if there's anybody that's got a little bit of stress in their life, it's mothers of preschoolers. Am I right, moms? Yeah, moms had a little bit of stress. So it, they had a panel, and there was a group of guys sitting on the panel, and they were asking us questions. And it seemed to me that most of the questions kind of revolved around the idea of, hey, I'm spinning all these different plates in my life. Like, I've got the in-laws, and I've got the kids, and I've got the house and dinner, and I've got uh, uh, taking my kids to sports and school and homework and all these different plates that we spin in our life. And the reality is we live in a world that's increasingly growing with stress, and we're pretty stressed out. In fact, there's this whole industry that's been started. There's even a government website for it dealing with stress. And there's this thing called stress institutes where they study stress. And here's a little research from them. They say that 44% of us here in America report to have more stress in our lives this year than what we had last year. Can you relate? You got any more stress in your life in 2017 than what you had in 2016? That means that every year that we live life, stress seems to be growing. Uh, I'm coaching my son's soccer team this year, and, uh, and this week we had three games. Come on, three games. 
And this is just his school. And there's other kids that are in this league, and, uh, and they're, they're on my team. And some of these kids play what's called select. And at, like, you know, at, at, uh, the, at the age of 11, you think your kid's going pro, you know? So these kids are playing, like, five, six times a week, two games a week, and they're running like crazy. And we're stressed out. We got all these things coming into our lives. They say that one in five people are in what's called extreme stress. Extreme stress is where your body's actually showing physical symptoms of your stress. I've had this happen to me where I'm drinking too much coffee, I got too much going on, I'm not getting enough sleep, and I get that right eye twitching thing. Anyone ever get the right eye twitchy deal? I think if, yeah, see, show a hand. Some people get the right eye twitchy deal. Uh, but you physically, you can show symptoms of stress and where you're not getting enough sleep, and it can lead to depression. They say that 60% of all illness and disease actually has its root in stress. So we live in a world that's got a lot of stress. What I want to do this morning is give you some ideas from the Bible. I want to go to some ancient things and see what does the Bible have to say about stress. And surprisingly, it's got something to say about it. And in fact, the Bible actually said we would have it. Jesus... He said that we wouldn't have it, but we would have stress in this world. I want to take a look at where does this stress come from. So I've got kind of a laundry list of where stress comes from. I'm sure that most of you are going to be able to uh, relate to two or three or maybe the entire list. Let's take a look at where our stress comes from. Here's a big one. Our relationships. Uh, anyone got some relationships causing you some stress? Uh, dealing with difficult people in our relationships can be tough. I call them EGRs, extra grace required people. <laughs> anyone got some EGRs in their life? I've got just a few. Extra grace required. Uh, walking through forgiveness is tough. Some people would say, I've got some stress, and it's because I'm married that I've got some stress. Pastor Mark deals with that all the time. Others would say, yeah, I got some stress in my life because I'm not married, and that's very stressful, like those getting ready to get married. I'm looking at a couple that are about ready to get married. We got some stress in our lives because we're not married. Uh, deadlines are a big cause of stress. Uh, there's homework, and I know we've got our Transition One students that just got here, and we're giving them all kinds of work to do, and my kids got homework, and there's deadlines at work, and there's deadlines in all kinds of areas in life. I'm getting ready to go on a mission trip. There's 19 of us from the church that are getting ready to go on a mission trip to Myanmar, and I'm giving them all kinds of work to do. So on top of their jobs and families, now they got extra work because they're going on a mission trip, and, and there's deadlines, and that'll stress us out. Uh, legal problems, that'll stress you out. Going through a divorce, no doubt, is very stressful. Some would say, it's because I got this new job, man. I'm all stressed out because I've got a new job. And others would say, man, it's that old job that's stressing me out. I need to go find a new one. Uh, illness can cause stress. And then oddly enough, it's stress in the first place sometimes that, that causes it. And then it's this vicious cycle where you're just not getting better and it compounds. Parenting, we know, can cause some stress. Uh, expectations from other people that they're putting on you in your life, things that you just can't fulfill can cause some stress. And last but not least, a huge source of stress walked into my life 25 years ago when Brett Favre walked out onto that field uh, against the Bengals, am I right? Uh, and, and he walked out there, and ever since then, my heart's just been racing every time Brett Favre walked out onto that field, and he threw for that touchdown. And so sports can get us all stressed 
out. Uh, and, and, and I just get stressed looking at this list. How many of you just, your blood pressure just went up just a little bit? Packers are playing today. Everything's going to be okay. We got stress, and the Bible talks about it. Jesus said we would have it. A lot of us got the wrong idea about stress and about trouble. We think, man, if I follow God, everything's just going to be awesome in my life. And, uh, and Jesus said a little bit opposite. Uh, he didn't say everything would be awesome like that Lego movie. Uh, everything is awesome when you're part of the team. Being part of the Jesus team doesn't mean that everything's going to be awesome. Jesus said quite the opposite. In John 16, 33, he said this. He said, I told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. If you can put that verse up, let's take a look at it. John 16, 33. John 16, there we go. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. I didn't make up these words. This is Jesus. He said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, trouble is going to happen in your life. Things are going to happen, but the solution God has for us is not to take the trouble out of your life. It's that when you walk close to him, that you could go through trouble and still have peace that passes all understanding. I've had this happen in my life a few years ago. Many of you know my wife was diagnosed with cancer. Right after we had our fourth child, after Jude was born, a couple months later, my wife, something just wasn't right, and we found out she had cancer. And this was the bad kind. It's a really fast-growing tumor, and if it keeps on growing, that mass would snuff you out and kill you. So doctors get on it right away, and the kind of chemo that she got is just measured poison. It was bringing her body down to nothing. It's her, she loses, lost her hair. She lost her muscle. She lost her energy. She lost her health. It almost killed her several times. And walking through something like chemotherapy is hard, hard work. But I got to tell you, somehow in the middle of that crazy storm, somehow there was peace because I was walking with Jesus. It didn't mean I didn't have my moments. Uh, on the tail end of meningitis, or on the tail end of uh, chemotherapy, she finished everything up. She starts getting stronger over the summer, and as she was going through at the end of the summer, she got a cold, and it turned into meningitis, and that virus got into her brain, and it was worse than the chemo she was getting. She was literally in a coma on her deathbed, and doctors were preparing me for the worst. And I hit the ground, I did, and I get it. Stress can be overwhelming at times. But somehow, the peace of God passed all understanding. Somehow, in the middle of my weakness, God was my strength. And the promise in the scripture is not that you wouldn't have trouble. That trouble would come into your life, that stress would come into your life, but God would be your strength in the middle of all of it. Can you say amen? amen. In fact, look at your neighbor at your campus, wherever you're sitting, and say, take heart. Look at your neighbor, say, take heart. Take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. You can take heart. It says it this way in Psalm 34, 19. It says, the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. So even people that love God and the righteous person, which just means living rightly, living the way God called us to live, that those people wouldn't just have a few, but they would have many troubles. 
And for you maybe this morning, I know a lot of people, you go through something difficult, and I know people begin to question God. And maybe that's you here this morning, maybe that's what you're going to get out of this message. That the reality of following God isn't escaping all the trouble, even if you've been doing all the right things, you've been praying and you're not seeing the answers. You're giving and you're not seeing the results. God's not left you. God's not abandoned you. We don't do all those things so that we would have a life without stress. We do those things so that in the middle of it, that somehow there would be peace that passes the understanding. God hasn't left you. He hasn't given up on you at all. There's a verse in Psalms that I want to share that I think will help you out. It kind of deals with two major areas of stress that come into our lives. And so we'll read about it, and it's time and money. So let's take a look at it. Psalm chapter 62 and verse 5. It says this, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour your hearts out to him. And then it says this, God is our refuge. And then it says this little word, Selah. And Selah is this old Hebrew word that's a worship word. And it means this, it means to pause, to sit back, to think about, and to reflect. Like we just got done singing this song. You just got done hearing this sermon. Now, pause, think about, reflect. What is it that is being said? And today, and every day that you come to church, we really hope that you experience Selah. We hope that church is an experience for you where you get to just let go of the noise that's been in your life all week, the busyness that's been driving you crazy, the stress and the pain maybe that's come into your life, and you come into church and you pause and you look upon God and you reorient your heart and you reorient your thoughts around the person of God. There is a place that you can go to that no matter what is coming into your life, what challenges, what hurts, what stresses, what pain, what trouble comes into your life, there is a place that you can go where you can find rest for your soul. And it happens here at church, but you can have that anytime in your life. This isn't just a Sunday morning thing. This is a place that you can go to no matter what. Now, in this next section from Psalm chapter 62, it gives us the two places where we find some stress and then ultimately where we can find some rest. Verse 9, it says this. Lowborn men, that just means everyday Average people, low-born men, are but a breath. He's saying that our lives are really short. They're here today, and they are gone tomorrow. In James, it would say it this way, that life is like mist. That mist, it sprays out. It's there for just a moment, and then it's gone. That life is like that. Life is really short, so we got to measure our time. And then it says, the high-born, in other words, people that we would call successful. The high-born are but a lie. The highborn are but a lie. The people that we look at and would say, those are the successful people. They've got it all together. The reality is that the success that we define as success here on this earth will never be a place where you find true joy. It'll never be a place where you find true peace. And then it goes on and says, and if weighed on a balance, 
those that are average and those that we would say have success, if you weigh them on a balance, they are both nothing. Together, they are only a breath. So both the average and the successful is just a mist. And then in the section of Psalm, it'll go about talking about the, the other the second big thing. The first one was time. Life is short. And the second one is this in verse 10. It says, do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your hearts on them. Do not have your heart all consumed by money. Time and money are a couple of the big things that will cause stress in our life. And if you're going to reduce your stress, you're going to have to consider how you spend your time. And some of you, you're just doing too much. You're saying yes to too much, and you can't keep doing everything that you want to do. And until you can reorient your life around the things that really matter and focus in on those things and give your time to those things, it'll suck the life out of you. And if you don't do that, you'll have the tendency to say yes too much and no too little. And it's going to ultimately ending up costing you. So this morning, what I'm asking for is a Selah. I'm asking for you to pause and to reflect and to think upon your life and to think about your time. How Am I spending my time? Am I using my time wisely? Am I orienting my life around the things that really matter? It's like weighing it on a scale. We regularly have to look at our lives, otherwise they get out of balance. I do this all the time in my life. I've got to ask myself the question, am I grabbing time with God? Am I making time for my wife? Am I making time for my kids? Am I able to work appropriately and put in the right amount of hours? And by putting the right things into my life, and then I've got to make some decisions. Maybe there are some things I simply cannot do. So the first major cause of stress being time because life is short and it can easily get out of balance. And then the section of scripture here in the book of Psalm goes on to the second major source of stress, <coughs> and that is our money. And I know that everyone sitting here today can relate to money being a major source of stress. If we put money into bad spaces, how many of you know it can stress you out in a hurry? I remember when I was in college, uh, my wife and I got married. We're both full-time college students. We got married. We don't have hardly $2 to rub together. And I had this brilliant idea that I should go buy my wife a brand new Land Rover bad idea. That decision cost me thousands and thousands of dollars. That was a horrible money decision, and it put so much stress into my life. Let, here, piece of advice, if you're in college, don't buy a Land Rover. Bad idea. And this thing, man, it was breaking down all the time. I'm having all kinds of problems, but I thought, man, it was really important to get her a cool car, you know? And, uh, but you learn, and money can be a huge cause of stress. In fact, one of our life groups that just got going this semester is called Financial Peace. And uh, it's a program by Dave Ramsey where it helps you put your money into the right spaces. Because a lot of us were putting money in the wrong places. There's a uh, statistic out there that says that Americans are spending $1.26 for every dollar that we earn. Scary numbers. For every dollar we're bringing into our homes, we are spending $1.26 on average. We are spending more than what is coming in. The Bible says this about money in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 6, it says, But godliness 
with, can we say that word all together? What's that next word? Contentment <coughs> is great gain. We've got to be content because culture is always going to tell you you need more. You need more money. You need more toys. You got to spend more. Culture wants you to love money. And the Bible says that the love of money, that's scary stuff. And we don't want to get sucked into the way culture thinks about money. Verse 7 says, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. In other words, two men and a moving truck are not going to be following your hearse on the way to heaven. They're not following you there. You can't take it with you, these earthly possessions. And it says, but we, if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Verse 9, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Those are pretty strong words we just got from the Bible about having an inappropriate view of money. And then verse 10 says this, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Or in our words, it's the root of all kinds of stress. That if we look at money inappropriately, it'll suck the life out of you. And it says some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Here's what I'm asking you to do this morning. Just like with time, do it with money. It's an opportunity every Sunday to pause, to think about, to reflect, and to think upon how am I positioning things in my life. And as we close the message today, I just want to give you some thoughts about how you can think through how we're spending our time and our money. Let me, I want to tell you this, God's got rest for your soul no matter where it is that you're at today. Check this out. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16 says this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Today, I presented two different crossroads, time and money. Two different crossroads. How are you spending your time? What decisions are you making? And where do you need to have some course adjustments in your life? Stand at the crossroads, it says, and look. You can keep going down the path you're going, or you can make some course corrections, which is really, I would suggest, what you do every Sunday. Every Sunday, the, the, the message is preached, and it's an opportunity that we can reflect and think upon our lives and say, how can I reorient some things in my life? Where am I off track? Where do I need to repent? Where do I need to get back on track? And it says this, stand at the crossroads and look. It says, ask for the ancient paths. Basically, go back to some Bible ideas. Go back to the way God oriented the world to work because when you do that, I promise you, life is gonna go in the right direction. And in the middle of whatever stress it is that you're facing, you'll be able to have peace in the middle of all of it, and you'll be able to make decisions in your life that'll move you down a good path. So it says this, ask where the good way is and walk in it, because when you do, it says you will find rest for your souls. When you walk that path, you will find rest for your souls. As we close, let me encourage you to do some course correction in your life. And the way you discover how to orient those things, I've got three simple little points. The first one is live with a sense of purpose and a sense of urgency in your life. 
Because when you live life out of purpose and urgency, the decisions you need to make about your time and the decisions you need to make about your money, and they're different for all of us, will become crystal clear. And let me suggest this, that if you've walked into Celebration Church this morning and you don't know Jesus, you don't know God, the purpose you need to discover in your life and the urgency that's upon you is to know God in your life, to find Jesus Christ in your life. That's what all of life is all about. If you're not feeling peace inside of you, it is only found in God. It'll never be found in the things of this earth. It's found in Jesus. And if you've found God, your purpose and urgency in life is to be connected to the body of Christ. The things of this earth, once you find God, are never going to satisfy. When you come alive is when you're connected to the body of Christ. The Bible goes through these sections where it talks about the body of Christ, about us finding our place in the body of Christ, and it uses the analogy of a body. The idea being that the finger disconnected from the hand is just, it's not a finger. It's just out there doing nothing. But once the finger gets connected to the hand and the hand is connected to the wrist and the wrist is connected to the forearm and the elbow and the bicep and everything's connected, then the body functions the way it's supposed to function. And the way people meet God is when you're playing your part in the body of Christ. One of the easiest ways you can do that is get connected at your local church. If this is your church, we want you to get connected. Join a group. Come on out on Wednesday nights. Find a place to serve and do life with other people. Live life with a sense of purpose and a sense of urgency. And when you make a difference in people's lives, it becomes crystal clear. I heard a story uh, we have this couple that used to go to the church. They retired. Don and Sherry, they might be watching this morning. They retired and they moved down to uh, Florida. And they were sending me text messages during the hurricane that was recently just hitting. They're kind of keeping me updated on things. And their house is up on a little bit of a hill. And they weren't in an area where they were saying you had to evacuate. But then the storm took a little bit of a shift and it was coming right for them. So everybody in that area gathered at their house because they were up on a little bit of a hill. And as the storm came, they were together and they were praying and they said they literally saw the, the eye of the storm just take a little bit of a shift and yet it did create all kinds of flood damage around them. And they sent me a message saying that all of the churches in the area have shut their doors because uh, they weren't able to meet that week or maybe even the following week because of damage and flood and power issues. So they all gathered at their house and they joined us online for church that Sunday morning because people found their place in the body of Christ. We've got a video team. We've got people sitting at cameras right now and engineering in a back room. And because of people serving God, others were able to connect with the person of God. It's an incredible thing when you play your part in the body of Christ. So number one, live life with a sense of purpose and urgency, and it'll become clear where you should spend your time. Number two, put first things first. One, I'm gonna put God first in my life. I am gonna put Dana first. I'm gonna put my kids first. I'm gonna put you guys first. This is what I do for a living. This is my job. I am going to put the important things first in my life. And lastly, number three, I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on heaven. Don't have your eyes fixed on the things of this earth. In this world, 
we will have trouble. We have to lower our expectations of what the things of this earth are because there will be trouble. So we have to have our eyes fixed on heaven. And this is hard for us to do as Americans because we got everything at our fingertips. Uh, in just a few short days, me and these 19 people will head to Myanmar. And what's stunning is going into a place where there will be 200 kids at this orphanage that literally have nothing. And yet they're happier than any kid, I promise you, in America that's got a house full of video games and everything else at their fingertips. The, re the reality is the things of this earth will never satisfy. Only God will. In closing, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I didn't give you guys this verse, so I'll just read it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says this, That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For we present, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Have your eyes fixed on heaven. I'm going to pray this morning. I want to pray that each and every one of us here today, no matter where you're at, that you would run after those ancient things. Go back to the things of the Bible and see how that reorients your life. Let's pray. God, I just pray that we would find rest. God, rest for our souls, peace, peace that passes all understanding. God, I pray that we would start doing life God's way, that we would reorient and take this time to pause. Take this time to reflect and to think upon how do we spend our time? How do we spend our money? Am I being all consumed by the things of this earth or do I have my gaze? Do I have my eyes? Do I have my heart fixed on things above? God, I pray that we would live life in that way. We pray for your peace to come in the middle of whatever storm anybody's going through because it's there for us right here, right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.